candidate selection has basically turned into a defensive formation, and candidate applications have taken on a defensive formation. Lots of virtual tackling is happening, but who has the ball? And how can anyone possibly score? And yes, I'm likely to mix analogies of football and fishing in this podcast. Just so you know, I played volleyball, I ran track, I was in drama, and was a cheerleader for basketball. But none of those analogies work very well here. Hi, I'm Dava Mills, the Rebellious Recruiter. I don't know about you, but I see inspiration and recruiting analogies everywhere I look. Today, I'm going to break down an especially awful ad that came through my Facebook feed recently. Then I'm going to cross-reference it to current recruiting practices, which means today we're pulling back out the fishing analogy of chum and bait. So grab your coffee, have a seat, let's chat. So like I said, I see recruiter analogies everywhere. This week, the Amazon algorithm threw something odd my way. It wasn't the usual choices of fashion shoes or kitchen gadgets. It was a couch with a three-sided privacy panel. Naturally, I clicked on it. It opened to the Amazon page with photos showing three different angles, but all with the privacy panels up. So I clicked on the video which was a bunch of pictures of other products flashing by quickly. I then read the description, which still didn't explain the privacy panels or how the privacy panels get there or get removed or the environment it was to be used in. So I scrolled down to the questions and answers. The manufacturer didn't directly answer the questions. Instead, they wanted people to go to a YouTube page. I scrolled on down to the reviews, none of which were serious. They were written by, oh, a carriage horse from Central Park. He had the unfortunate habit of kicking distracting things at home, so he needed a couch with blinders. That was handy. They were written by a person talking about avoiding HR and being able to uh, sexually harass people at work in peace. A casting couch director had their take on it. You name it. Funny stuff, but nothing real. I eventually got around to their website where I had to type in the name of the couch and eventually I found a video on how the panels went up. But still no description on what this couch was created for. No client testimonials or philosophical conversation on why it was created. This was a very expensive couch with a cool USB charging port, movable privacy panels, fake reviews, bad videos, and they thought it would be a good idea to push this out to Facebook. Yep. Feels like most job ads these days. Randomly applying baloney with a shotgun to see what sticks. That's not an effective approach. So let's put this in candidate terms. First, we're revisiting the fishing analogy glossary. Chum, networking and employment page. Basically what came through my Amazon feed. Bait, the actual job ad. Line, the interview. Rod, the structure to your interview. Real, the continued steps in the process. The farm, list of qualified people. Fish food, ongoing communication. Hatchery, your training ground. This company effectively chummed the water, but it lost the point. And it aggravated and confused a bunch of people and now has a list of fake reviews on Amazon. So they rejected the bait. Perspective. 
I once saw an opening for a job as a director of HR for a growing startup here in Portland. I went to their website. I couldn't figure out what they did, which is often the case as websites are written for clients who are looking for specific things. But when you are looking for candidates, you need to describe your business differently. Most companies don't do that. This site was no exception. I went to their job page and it only said something along the lines of, work for the best company in Portland. And then it had a video with a list of jobs below it. I clicked on the video and basically saw a bunch of fast moving pictures set to rock and roll music and still no description of what the company did. Then when clicking on the job, it was a blasé job description coupled with the demand for a cover letter asking what a person can add to their environment. Um, I still had no clue what they do. That job was posted for months. So let's break this down. A weird couch shows up on my feed. I smell something interesting. It needs investigation. The water has been effectively chummed. I never found the bait as it was an assumption on the part of the company that I would just buy. They didn't respond to the funny reviews and allowed that to become the focus of what might be an innovative product. Now, complete strangers, they're running the show on this. Correlate that with the job ad. Something interesting shows up or the person is looking so they respond to the bait. But instead of getting the candidates who are interested in who the company is, they get every candidate who's looking for something similar. Then the website lacks information, so the employer gets overwhelmed with the generic applications and resumes. Then the employer starts the purple squirrel hunt. The few that get through the interview are frustrated, so they let it out on Glassdoor or Indeed reviews as a warning to other candidates. Then we have a doubled-up defensive mode. Candidates will apply for tens and sometimes hundreds of jobs a day. The employer gets frustrated, so they put in requirements of what needs to be addressed on the cover letter because no one really knows how to write a resume these days, and then you couple that with the advice the candidate gets that they need to tailor their resume to each position, which the candidate doesn't have time for because they're blasting their resume out there. And no one's responding, so they amp up their process, and again, they have less time to tailor their resume. The employer adds more requirements because they're frustrated, and then they start creating rules for the cover letter They add a ton of questions to the online application, most of which aren't relevant, and basically hold the applicants accountable to relating information that is relevant to a work environment when there's nothing the candidate can realistically understand from the ad or the website. And round and round it goes. This then creates a game with two sides of defense. Know what a game of football looks like with only two defensive teams? I don't either, but there's no way to score and... There's no point in watching. So how do we fix this? First, your job ad. Did you phone it in and just post the job description? Job descriptions are great for workers' comp, great for holding underperformers accountable, but they're not great attraction tools. Identify the top five things the person will be doing. Now think about it like this. When you're researching a new gadget for your house, You don't read the specifications first. You do a search based on the high-level things you needed to do. You get into the specifications at a later date. This is the same theory with these job ads. You list the top five things that they're going to be doing. And if they're solving problems, then list what the problems they will solve are, like the current problems. 
And then when those problems are solved, what are the goals of the department? How many people and what types of people will they be working with? Who will be reporting to them? Who does this person report to? What systems are in place that are being used? What's the expectations for the communication and work schedule? And most importantly, at a sixth to an eighth grade level, what does your company actually do? Believe me, when I tell you that the conversation of what your company does, it takes on a different tone and a different vocabulary when recruiting. Build out your ad. Use both narrative and bullet points. Keep it to one page. Talk to the person on the other end. Your ideal person isn't buried in the requirement of five years. They've worked for two years in a leadership capacity and have managed three to five people during that time. They might have taken three years to get to that spot or 10 years, but all you really need is the two years in leadership. List out the problems you need solved. Let's face it, if your business was perfect, you wouldn't need them. Don't hide behind the perfect employer with shiny, happy people charade. Just tell them. Here's another hint. Describe what they might have done in the military terms as a caveat. With our transitioning military, they really do take notice of these things. When you have the application process, first, is the online application really that important? Like all the screening questions. I'll give you a hint. If you have a lot of screening questions, most are pointless and worthless. Asking people what they've done, the number of people they've managed, those are fair game but only two or three of those questions. Remember, you need to value their time too. Asking the people about where they would go on vacation if they dropped everything now? No, it's a waste of time. And candidates now, they're trying to figure you out. So stick to the facts. And I've never hired someone or even pushed them through the process based on where they want to vacation. Now, look at your website. Do you clearly describe, I mean clearly describe what you do as a company? Do you want to find out? Talk to a sixth grader until they can repeat back to you what you do in a way that they understand. Sounds silly, right? I once heard a statement that you should only invest in what you can draw with a crayon. I know, that's simplistic. But seriously, you can break your business down to that level and everyone applying will be able to dial in on wanting to work with you or not work with you. If your website doesn't have a section that specifically talks about potential employees, the lifeblood of supporting your clients, you will need to eventually address that. What we're doing is lessening the burden on you to read tons of resumes that are an obvious bad fit. You don't want people who can spin doctor their way to the top. I'm sure you'd rather get 20 to 30 solid resumes and most of those be obvious why the person applied. But when you give information, people will screen themselves out. This will change during a recession, but doing a lot of these principles now, that's going to lessen the issue on you during times of financial unrest. So like I've said in episode zero, no one has time for an overhaul today, but you do have time to change your job ad. Here are some other things you can address in the future and we'll be addressing them here as we move into more detail. There's going to be employment recruiting narratives branding photos, company descriptors, getting through to your candidates using the learning types of visual, auditory, kinesthetic, emotional, using fact pages, you know, frequently asked questions. In the interim, here's what you need to do on every job ad and every interview. 
explain the process of hiring into your company. Don't make it a mystery. I read a lot of complaints on LinkedIn. Candidates spend a lot of time trying to please you, the employer, and then nothing happens. They put a lot of emotion into you, the employer, only to be ghosted, rejected, or not told the results of the personality analysis because someone thought that sharing that information with them would somehow be a breach of ethics. These are made-up rules, and they're ridiculous. It just builds animosity for you and your brand as an employer. In the job ad, or in the confirmation email, or during a phone screen, lay out the process. Don't make it a mystery. Okay, Mr. Candidate, we generally have a five-step process here. Today's the first one, the phone call. This is where we establish if you have the basic skills needed to perform the job, and if you understand the desired cultural traits that make our company unique. The next step is an online evaluation. While most companies choose not to share the results, we know you are spending valuable time talking to us, so we're going to share the results with you. Pending those results, we'll take your answers and then do a face-to-face interview with a couple of hiring managers. This evaluation is used to better understand how you process information, and some of the questions will be around your ability to adjust to fit your past environments. There's no wrong answer on the evaluation. From there, we'll schedule an on-site tour and then do references. Those are the five steps. Do you have questions about that or do you need clarity? You see what I did there? That evaluation. Let's pretend it's a key part of your hiring process. So sell it and share it. Personality tests are all the rage right now. Hiding that information is silly. I once spent 90 minutes on an evaluation that the company said I tested really well on and I was very close to their ideal. Then they said they would only share it with me if I was hired. They then ghosted me soon thereafter. I spent 90 minutes on that, and they couldn't even give me a sanitized PDF of my results. That's not cool. Candidates hate this, and because of it, it actually wards off other candidates from applying if you have that as part of the process. Because like that Amazon review cluster I spoke about, The same thing happens on Glassdoor, Kanunu, great places. The candidates will start to control your conversation to complete strangers. They determine your branding to complete strangers. And now you're in damage control. So sell it to them. Don't hide it. Give them the results. Sell your process. Build your emotional capital. So what is emotional capital? Emotional capital is the cornerstone of any employment relationship Make the investment, and the ROI is company loyalty, expertise, and a commitment to make your company great. You see, candidates are often running in the deficit of emotions because looking for work is grueling, and to be treated like a commodity when they're not being paid? Nah, let's not do that. Put your cards on the table. Don't make what you are looking for a mystery. Why? Because most people haven't mastered a resume. We've talked about that much less they haven't mastered a cover letter. Most employers have different expectations of what they want to see in a resume or a cover letter. And then they either dictate how specific they need the cover letter to be, or they just expect that a candidate can read between the lines and magically hit your employment G-spot so you'll call them. Better yet, many employers insist that applicants follow the rules of applying to a T, then they get all pissy that they don't think out of the box very well. So what did you expect? Rule followers don't generally bypass rules. 
Rule breakers like to tell you how to improve or skip steps that seem unreasonable or duplicate or non-value added. These are some of the traits you need to identify and learn to recognize, starting with how you write the job ad. It's okay for some positions to have different interview processes. It really is. So let's stop with the unwritten rules, shall we? Take a couple minutes to really digest what you need. Write the ad. Don't just post the job description. Give them the process, the ideal timeline of the process. Don't hold them accountable to unwritten rules. Identify your unwritten rules and communicate them. Communication is key. It's always the key. And it starts with you. Thanks for listening to The Rebellious Recruiter. A quick reminder, I'll be bringing you new information every Monday and an occasional interview later on in the week with another thought leader. Be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and comment, rate, and review. And share this podcast with other leaders that are looking to build out-of-this-world teams and maybe have a penchant for defying best practices. Go ahead and check me out at millsgroupllc.com and drop me a line there with your thoughts or questions. I might use your subject matter in upcoming shows. And thank you for listening. I know you only have so many hours in the week, and I'm grateful to spend this time with you. Until then, make it a great day. I'll see you on the flip side. This podcast is produced by TH3 Entertainment.